All right. Hey, gang. This is episode 50. We have StreamYard CEO Gage Vandentop here. We have the great live streamer and cancer coach Leslie Nance bringing out the big guns for episode 50. Let's do a show. Hey gang, welcome to StreamYard Connect. This is episode number 50. I'm Ross Brand. We're here every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We've been doing the show for over a year, and I thought for the 50th episode, why not bring on a couple people who have really made an impact in their lives and in the lives of other people through using live streaming. Uh, the first one is known very well to our audience. It's Gage Vandentop, the CEO of StreamYard. And then later we'll go to Leslie Nance, who has an amazing personal story. She's also a fantastic live streamer, still uses live stream in her business. And we'll talk to her as well. Very exciting. Uh, anytime I have either one of these folks on, two of my favorites in the world of live streaming. And so there's a lot to do today. It's going to be a fun show. We do have some industry news that we'll get to at some point along the way. Uh, but just to tell you a little bit about StreamYard, in case you're new or in case you'd like a uh, review, StreamYard is, of course, a platform that allows you to go live. The three pillars, as you see the co-founders, Gage on the left, Dan Briggs on the right, ease of use, stability, and professional-looking streams. And, of course, you can go to several different destinations, which are built right in, uh, built-in integration for Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, Periscope, which gets you, of course, onto Twitter and a Twitch channel. And if you want to go to another destination, for example, I like to stream to Amazon Live, you can use custom RTMP for any destination that accepts custom RTMP. And it's basically just entering in a stream key and an RTMP URL that you get from the destination site. You plug that into StreamYard, makes it very easy. And with multi-streaming, you can go to up to three destinations on the basic plan, up to eight destinations on the pro plan with StreamYard. And there's green screen and sharing your screen and 1080p, a lot of, lot of great features, but Enough with that. Let's let's go right to the source because we have him here. He is Mr. Gage Vandentop. He is the StreamYard CEO. He also is the host of the StreamYard Town Hall every week at 9 p.m. Eastern on Sunday nights. And let's bring in Gage Vandentop. Welcome, Gage. Good to see you. Hey, Ross. Thanks so much for, for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And, you know, over the years, I, I guess before I even started doing this show, I would introduce you as the most important person in live streaming or, you know, and and really one of the two, because we got to count Dan in there too, your co-founder. And so you would always, just like you did there, you would sort of chuckle and you're like, ah, you know, hyperbole by Ross, you know, he's just dead, trying to boost the get... Do you kind of get it now why I've been saying that for so long? 
<laughs> it's very kind of you. I think it's I think it's over, <laughs> overly overly generous, but I uh, certainly appreciate the kind words. Well, I mean, this uh, now for really for millions of people know StreamYard as the product that they've been waiting for for a long time. There have been a lot of products that have built themselves as easy to use. There have been a lot of products that build themselves as stable and other products that build themselves as professional. Uh, but StreamYard's the, really the first one to bring all three together where anybody from a novice to a pro can feel comfortable using this platform and get a show going and get their guest on quickly. And I think that's why this is such an extremely valuable product for so many people. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of where StreamYard is now after nearly two years, a little over two years, I guess, on the market? Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly been a while. I think the first time we met Ross was all the way back. It was like December of 20, yeah. 2018, which was right around when we when we launched it. So yeah, it's definitely cool uh, how much has happened over those those two years. But no, I think you characterized it really well. Um, like we're, we're very, we can always do better, of course. We can always improve the product. Um, but yeah, right from the very beginning when we set out, it was ease of use, stability, and, and professional streams. And we really wanted to bring those three things together uh, because the people that Dan and I are, you know, we love everyone, but the people that we're really excited about helping are people that are not necessarily interested in learning about fancy gadgets and, and really mm -hmm. diving into tech. We, we find it really rewarding when there's someone who thinks like, I'm not good with computers or like live streaming, that's way too hard for me. We find right, it really right. rewarding when we can offer them a tool that they feel like empowers them, that they feel like, you know what, this isn't so hard, I can make an awesome looking stream and I can share my content and, and build my own community. And I'm happy with how far we've come on that. Like we, like I think that, 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 describes most or a huge percentage of our user base, which we're really excited about. Like that's really what we wanted to do. And uh, going forward, we just want to continue doubling down on that. We want to make it even easier, even more stable, even more professional. So that's that's what the future holds and that's what we're going to continue to focus on. Well, it's really leveled the playing field in that it, it used to be people who knew what wire to plug into what tool and what third party pool to bring their guest in and how to route the audio and all those complicated things. They had the advantage, and now with a platform like StreamYard, it really comes down to your content and what you can deliver. Um, and, of course, you do have the ability to expand to use some professional tools along with StreamYard. It works well with other products. Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the things going on right now with StreamYard, um, whether it's you know new people that you've brought on or it's um, new shows or new... Uh, features in the last few months. Uh, just kind of give us an update what's going on with StreamYard. Yeah, absolutely. One of our big focuses right now is definitely on content. So um, we've, we've grown. It's definitely been uh, an interesting period of time for us. So I think at the beginning of this year, January 2020, we were at two employees and soon we'll be at 16 uh, employees. Wow. Um, and one of our main focuses right now is really helping people be successful. So like in the early days, Dan and I were very, well, we're still very focused on, on product, but now we're trying to take a bigger look at like, okay, the, the product's pretty good right now. We can always improve it, but how do we make people more successful in general? And I think content is really, really important to that, to learn and to understand, like, how do you actually not use live streaming to build a community and find success? So we're trying to put, find the right people and put them in place to help our user base be as successful as, as possible. And you'll see that on our YouTube channel as we continue bringing people on and then also on the, on the team itself. To, to build out a effective content strategy to help help people be more successful with with live streaming. And and the great thing about StreamYard is basically what we're doing here is something anybody can replicate. I've uploaded a background. 
I have a banner that I've filled out the text and clicked to put on the screen. I've brought my guest in. I've chosen the layout from amongst the layouts that are sitting underneath the monitor in the studio. There's nothing that I'm doing throughout the course of this show that anybody else can't do. Everybody else can do the same thing with StreamYard, and that's what makes it really a beautiful product. Um, when you talk about um, content, I, I think that's, you know, the great thing is that even the most sophisticated content creators are ultimately using the tools that StreamYard provides, multi-streaming perhaps, maybe it's bringing guests on, maybe it's um, sharing their screen. All these things are are, you know, from, from the beginning user to the advanced user, we're all kind of using the same tools. So it is what you're, what you can do with it now. And I, I think that's an, a wonderful thing that you've, you've provided for a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's always exciting for me to, to see people that, you know, I see as way more advanced than, than us. Like Dan and I have a pretty simple <laughs> setup. Um, so it's, it's very cool when I see people that are like well-known in the industry as live streaming professionals using our product, which, um, we always hoped that streamer would be simple, but still powerful enough that like more advanced people would would use it. But we've certainly been surprised how many like people it's where it's their only tool. Like they have a super sophisticated right. setup. They're actually using streamer as their their primary tool. Um, so that is that's absolutely been very exciting to see. But um, yeah, continue to be excited about serving the the uh, the sort of the newer audience because um, that's sort of how Dan and I are too. Like when we started our town, right. our town halls have always been very simple, and it's always been exciting. Like that's I don't know how many people. Maybe the people, some of the people watching don't know this, but um, that town hall was like our main form of, of marketing uh, right. early on. Like Dan and I, like now we're building out a marketing team and whatnot. But in the early days, like, uh, you know, 2018 till, till uh, you know, all the way up until the beginning of this year, uh, that weekly town hall was the main way that we spread the word about StreamYard and built a strong community. And it was really effective. And I think many people can can follow that same same strategy without having to be, you know, uh, a guru when it comes to equipment or even a guru when it comes to, um, like blogging or content. As long as you're authentic and you are familiar with your space, you can make really great content and use that as a way to, you know, really get some traction and, and start your, your marketing strategy. Yeah. I mean, this is episode 50, but for the first, I don't know, probably 20 episodes, I used a webcam when I was doing this and I just plugged it directly in USB. Um, I don't think I added a green screen until maybe February or March and now I've gotten a more advanced camera and I'm plugging it in through another piece of gear. But the point is, the show isn't that different. I mean, it's it, it, there's a notch up in quality. Uh, but one of the things that, you know, stood out for me, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, when first I was told about StreamYard, uh, my friend Beauty Bubble was trying to get me to look at StreamYard. And I said, well, you know, I've already got this other product that I've been using for a long time, and it kind of looks similar. I, I don't see any reason to learn something new. And she's like, no, 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 you got you to gotta check this out. And what stood out from the beginning was the quality of the video and particularly the quality of the audio and the stability with multiple people on. What did you do for the so the layperson can kind of understand what makes StreamYard different from all the other products that have kind of come before it and are struggling with bringing on guests and stability and some of the different factors that we were always used to with live streaming browser-based platforms. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, sometimes people, it always has bugged me when people refer to things as like, oh, we have their magic behind the scenes or something. Right, right, right. Like when they're talking about their own product. I think it's mostly a matter of prioritizing it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, from the very beginning, we set out this like, this is going to be a highly stable, highly reliable product. And we prioritize that accordingly. So um, unlike a lot of other stuff out there where um, the processing and mixing happens on the client's computer, so it happens in the browser itself, uh, we decided to really invest in our own infrastructure. Uh, so we have uh, thousands of our own servers that actually do most of the work instead of the clients, the client being the, the person streaming. Um, right. Sure, the client does some work as far as like ca capturing the camera and whatnot, but the actual uh, mixing of all the different feeds and transcoding and sending it out to the different platforms is done on StreamYard's infrastructure uh, itself. So that allows uh, someone on a low power device to have a great quality stream. And I think that really was a big difference for us early on. If there's one tip you could give to new live streamers, but probably applies to anybody from seeing all the different qualities and things that people are doing, what's the one thing you would say? Like, if you're a new live streamer, if you do nothing else, do this one thing, and you'll probably have pretty good, uh, pretty good content getting out there. Yeah, picking the absolute number one is hard. Maybe I'll pick, can I pick two maybe? So sure, sure. It doesn't, it doesn't take, the, the, there's not much that you need to do, but I think maybe the number one is uh, your internet. So make mm. sure, I mean, lots of people think like, oh, I've got super high speeds, but if you're in like a basement or you've got like a crazy surroundings where you don't have a good Wi-Fi connection, uh, it's going to be hard for you to have a, a great quality stream. So make sure if possible, you're plugged in directly and if not, at least close to, to the router. And then I'd say the next important thing is uh, your mic. Like people need to be able to hear you. You need to be able to sound at least audible. So you don't have to go yeah. and spend a thousand dollars on a mic, but at least like, and even like, I'm not using a, actually I'm using a Getty right now, which is nice, but you can't even the mic that's on like uh, a pair of headphones, like that's fine. Just make sure, test it and make sure you sound okay. And you'll be way ahead of the curve. If you just have those two things, <laughs> you'll be way, way above the average. Right. Starting out. So those are, I think are the two most important things. Well, it's good to know. Well, I really, I thank you for jumping on for episode 50. Um, maybe by the end of the year, early next year, I'd love to have you on for the full hour and we can take some questions from the audience and so forth. But uh, it's great to talk to you and I, I appreciate everything that uh, you're doing to make life great for us live streamers. Of course. Thanks so much for having me on, Ross. Thanks, Gage. That is Gage Vandentop, the CEO of StreamYard. And if you haven't started using StreamYard yet, uh, give it a shot. You can go over to LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard, LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard, and you can start using it. You can do a free trial of the basic plan. You can see what all the premium features are like, overlays and backgrounds and video clips, so much that you can do with StreamYard. It's very powerful, but very easy to use, as Gage was saying. And it's been great being part of the StreamYard content team now for 50 episodes of StreamYard Connect. I so appreciate you, all of you, being here as we continue to share with you the latest and greatest from live streaming from StreamYard and what's going on in the industry. We'll get to the industry news in a little bit, but I do want to bring on our next guest because she simply put one of the greatest live streamers to ever work in the medium. She was the host of Lunch with Leslie. She also was the founder of GoTo Kitchens, a Periscoper of the Year finalist for the Shorty Awards, 
and somebody who now is working as a holistic cancer coach and a holistic nutritionist and certified in both areas, helping people. An amazing story uh, that can't wait to get into. Let's bring on our featured guest, Leslie Nance. Leslie, welcome to StreamYard Connect. Thank you. Congratulations on your 50 shows. Holy cow, that's amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you. And uh, we probably haven't done a show together in maybe three years or probably since 2017, <laughs> I think. I know. This feels like old times. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm stepping back. It's Throwback Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. you've been you used to go live every single day on Periscope. You had a very popular Periscope show. And yeah. tell people a little bit about that. And then we can get into sort of your story, uh, how you got started with live streaming and, and what led you to 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 do that and then into your business but first just tell us a little bit about lunch with leslie and what you were doing with live streaming when you were going live every single day yeah so i actually went live five days a week um with a cooking (laughs) show so lunch with leslie was an interactive live cooking show so it was like being in the kitchen with me cooking talking having a conversation and um it was it was a lot and it was amazing time of my life honestly it was um it was some of the most fun that i have ever had and the funny thing about it is is prior to doing live streaming if you pointed a camera in my direction i would do this because I did not like having my picture taken and especially being on video, like I would run. I was like, I hate my voice. I hate this. I hate that. But out of passion um, for helping people learn to transform their health um, in my own journey, of course, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, I, I, I felt this need, this draw to do something where people could interact, to get to have a place to come on a daily basis um, to to just hang out and just be. And we had so much fun in Lunch with Leslie. So um, live interactive cooking show from beginning to end. So literally taking a recipe, starting from scratch, going all the way until the finished product. And we would have this whole chat time if something had to cook. We would just sit there and chat and talk and people would ask questions. And it was like a family. I mean, we we really had a, a, a family atmosphere uh, with Lunch with Leslie. And it was amazing. And I did that on Periscope um, for three years. I went live wow. five days a week and it was more than a full time job. Every episode took me about So if you're thinking like, oh, that's really cool. I want to do that. Just know that it's an investment in time uh, because every episode took me about 10 hours um, at least to from start to finish to prepare for to actually do and then to do all the marketing to get people to actually go watch it. So, yeah. It was fun though. It was I I would not take any of it back. It was amazing. That is a lot of time in though. <laughs> it is. It is. And there was no there was no end game for like um I had sponsor eventually lunch with Leslie had sponsors and that's how I was generating mm-hmm. income, but <laughs> I would have had to have like Whole Foods like come in and say, you know, here's a whole bunch of money and they were never going to do that. So there's a lot of people out there, um, celebrities that were willing to take that money as well. So um, to to make it worth my time financially, but spiritually, emotionally, um, mentally, I would never take those days back and I would do it all over again. So, yeah, it was an amazing time. So tell us a little bit about that moment in your life that kind of changed everything in the what was it that changed the direction for you and 
ultimately led you to live streaming in the career that you now have? Yeah. So in 2012, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and um, pivotal moment. It would be for anyone. I'm not unique. I'm not special because that changed my life, but it literally did change my life. And in a, in a, within a moment's time, within a flash of an eye, my whole life had been tipped up on side of, you know, on its head. And I needed to rearrange my life to fit that um, that scenario of, do you want to live or do you want to die? And so I chose, I wanted to live. And so I went on my own journey of health to understand that. And, um, and then I started a food blog and, um, it was, I was having a really hard time getting traction and getting people to like show up and read the content and, ugh, and I had hired all these strategists. And at the time it was SEO, SEO, SEO. And right, right. that like totally wore me out. I was like, I don't like doing this. This is not fun <laughs> to me. And, um, and so a friend of mine introduced, she's like, have you seen this Periscope thing? And you would be so good. It would be so, yo. And I was like, I'm not going on camera. You must be crazy. And um, I actually started with a GoPro on my head so nobody could see me because I was so camera shy. And I would I would point the GoPro down at my hands. And this was just in YouTube videos. I would point the, and I called it, I, my email to this day is still talk to the hands at gotokitchens.com because I did not want anybody to see me. And so, yeah, so it was, and then live streaming came around and I was like, oh, you can't do that whole hands thing because you can't strap a phone to your head. And so there's no right. to do that at the time. And so you're actually going to have to be on camera. And I went on camera the very first day with an avocado. And I was like, this is an avocado and it's green. <laughs> it was just <laughs> ridiculous. And I actually, somebody just commented on an old video, one of my very first Periscopes from 2015. And I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh. And so it, but yeah, so, but that, that, that dynamic shift in my own health and my own choice about wanting to live made all the difference in my life. And what I knew I couldn't hold in what I learned about living Mm -hmm. um, and I needed to share that with people. And so that's where that's where that whole food blog, make some videos, start a live stream channel came from. So so taking control of your health, food was a huge part of it to you. So that's why you wanted to share that with live streaming. Yeah. I mean, coming from a girl that would only eat um, five vegetables and most of those were found like, you know, carrots, lettuce, you know, I mean, like not even good vegetables um, into a basically turning myself into a a, a foodie, a plant-based foodie, um, mm -hmm. was quite a, it was quite a journey. And I knew that I could teach other people to do that as well and actually enjoy and love that about their health. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What did you learn that was unique about live streaming? You, you mentioned it's tough to get traction on, on a blog, mm -hmm. but then live streaming was so powerful and, and you built yeah. such a, such a big audience that was, very passionate and came back, you know, day in and day out for you. Every day. What, what was it that you did with live streaming that either you didn't do with blogging or blogging wouldn't allow you to do? Um, that's a really great question. I think that, I think it's just that me, like, you know, <laughs> not, not that I'm so awesome or anything, but that it, that I was showing up and that I was consistent. Like they knew it was like, it was like waiting for Oprah. Oh my God. I just compared myself to Oprah. Okay. Anyway, but <laughs> I, it was like, it was like waiting for that favorite team. Oprah show. never won a shorty award or <laughs> was never go. a finalist for a shorty award for Periscoper of the year. True Come that, on. True that, so. <laughs> uh, but, 
<laughs> but it was it, it was that consistency, right? It was just mm -hmm. that showing, like I could blog every single day and put out an amazing recipe every single day, but it was something about that interaction and that consistency. They knew that I was going to be there at noon mountain time every single day. And, and, and almost without fail, I think in that three years, I missed like, like four shows. And in those four shows, I had other people that went live for me. And mm -hmm. so it was, it was just that consistency. And I don't, I think that that was a little unheard of for a blogger. You know, you, you expect that with TV, you expect that with a big production, but somebody that's willing to show up every day and share these things with us. I think that that just made that community just tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. So yeah, it was, it was fascinating and amazing. And it actually happened rather quickly. My biggest growth was probably in that first two years um, mm -hmm. of doing that show. So yeah. Yeah. And then, you talked about moving to a, a plant-based diet. Can you tell us, um, for people who may not know, what is a plant-based diet in comparison to, say, being a vegan or yeah. a vegetarian? And then what is also, did you share a few of the tips that you learned about eating healthy that maybe you didn't, you didn't know before you went on this journey? Yeah. I mean, so my favorite tip for that is just get in your kitchen and cook. I mean, mm -hmm. just, you know, ditch the, ditch the rest. I know, sorry, restaurants, you know, ditch <laughs> eating out all the time, ditch eating out, you know, finding convenience foods, even in the grocery mm -hmm. store, there are loads of convenience foods, learn to cook vegetables, learn to eat wholesome foods. And you don't have to be perfect hundred percent of the time. If you're, if you're good 80% of the time, your body knows what to do with the other 20% because it's not in emergency mode. So that's one thing. So the difference between a plant-based and a vegetarian or a vegan, uh, plant-based means that I eat mostly plants. My favorite, one of my favorite, I have many favorite authors, but one of my favorite authors is Michael Pollan and he wrote a book in defense of food. And at the very beginning of the book, he says, eat food, mostly plants, not too much. And mm -hmm. that is really what plant basis. So I'm not a vegan. I'm not a vegetarian. I do eat some meat, but 90% of my food comes from plants. And so when you're talking about plant-based, then you're talking about food that isn't processed, right? No that processed foods. Yeah. Very, I mean, very little processed foods, nothing from a box, a car, a, a jar, a can a you know, anything like that. I, I, I stay away from uh, processed foods as much as possible. And our refrigerator is full of mostly real whole foods. I mean, if you go look right there right now, my it's full of like vegetables and fruits and things like that. And so, and we use a mm -hmm. lot of dry things like rices and beans and, you know, and there's meat and, you know. Right, right. Yeah. I used to consider actually the food group. So it was in a jar, a can, a box, <laughs> the freezer. Well, you know that a taco has- And, and what was delivered. Right, there you go. You know that a taco has the four basic food groups, right? So you're good. <laughs> If you can eat a taco, you got them all. So, right. right. <laughs> so, one of the things I remember you saying, and it was so powerful, was that like if you go to the store and you look at a some package and it has more than a certain number of ingredients, or it's just it sits on a shelf, doesn't need to be refrigerated, is wrapped in a box, it's probably not good for you. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, I mean, here's the thing is what happens is, is we trust our lives with conveniences, right? Mm -hmm. So we put our lives on the line every single day when we make a choice of what we want to eat. And so what I teach my clients is, you know, every time you eat, ask yourself a fundamental question. 
am I feeding my health or am I feeding my can for them? It's cancer because I work with people who have cancer specifically. Right. So, you know, am I feeding my health or am I feeding my disease? And when we ask ourselves and we're mindful of that, it's not about being a superstar. Oh, I'm the perfect eater because I'm not. Anybody who says they are is a big fat liar. And so, you know, it's not about perfection. It's about being mindful about what you are consuming because every choice you make, you are you are doing one of two things. You're either feeding your health or you're feeding your disease. And sometimes the third option would be feeding the brain. Um, so if I, you know, if I show up in my where I used to live in Fort Collins and totally 80s pizza is open, I'm going to totally 80s pizza. And at that point, I'm kind of feeding my brain. I'm feeding I'm I'm triggering pleasure sensors, which is totally fine to do. It's just keeping that in check and in balance and not feeding pleasure sensors all the time. So, right. Yeah. Right. And you mentioned whole foods and, you know, while obviously I, I mean, I, I often look like I wouldn't live in a place where I couldn't get to a whole foods. I mean, it's just, it's sort of like a staple for Same. what I do. <laughs> yeah. Having said that yeah. you could eat all wrong at whole foods. Like that's the thing oh, that you yeah. get. It, it's easy to get suckered into the idea that, oh, all this stuff is, you know, organic or whatever. And yet a lot of it, like you said, is in a box. It's in a can. It's it's a frozen food. It's comfort food. It's convenient food. Yeah. And, you know, you walk into Whole Foods. The first thing is there's like a rack of chips like before right. you even get. Yeah. <laughs> so even health food stores sort of lead you to feel like, Oh, I could eat anything in this. It's it's all healthy, right? Well, not exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that that is a I think that that is so it's such a rabbit hole to get mm -hmm. into, right? Because if you go down the aisle with all the ice cream, yes, there's going to be some healthier choices for ice cream if you think you need ice cream. Um, but there's also a really a lot of junky choices in there too. And so it's a um you know, being responsible with your health and paying attention to, you know, what you're putting into your vessel. For me, it's incredibly important. I'm a, I'm an eight year cancer survivor. And so I am very mindful. I don't ever want cancer again. So to keep that door closed and not open a crack to let cancer back in, you know, I'm very mindful about what I put into my body. And that's what I teach my clients as well. But it's a, you know, it going into a grocery store and falling for food marketing um, is the oldest trick in the book, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can find organic Doritos nowadays. I don't even know if they still sell them, but for a while they had organic Doritos. And you know, sometimes people come to me and one of two things has happened. One, they have been uh, brainwashed by marketing, thinking that mm -hmm. if I eat, you know, something out of Whole Foods, then it's fine. Um, or they have gone off the deep end and they're afraid to eat anything because everything's right. going to kill them. Right. And then there's the third person who's like totally clueless about how to eat at all um, and everything in between that. But you know, the most dangerous for me is the two people that are afraid to eat anything, thinking that everything is going to kill them um, mm. or that ha that is fallen for the, oh, well, it's organic. It's non-GMO. It's, you know, it's um, gluten free. That's my favorite one. You know, everybody's like, I eat gluten free. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, uh, we'll get uh, 
because you're supposed to. And I'm like, <laughs> not really. No, that's that's a total and that's a whole different story. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's totally that's that's food marketing. And so you're falling for something. So, you know, eat, staying in the fresh fruits and vegetables, staying in, you know, the the dry goods, staying to trying to stay away. You can't stay away completely from things in a can, in a jar, in a package. Um, right. you know, that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for the buck. And sometimes you need convenience foods. You know, sometimes right. you need something that's fast and easy. And that takes a while to understand that. It took me about two years to figure out how to eat and make it fit into my life. And this is what I teach my clients without it taking two years is right. I teach them how to eat to contribute to health, but also that it fits into their lifestyle. Because if mm -hmm. it's not, if, if you're not, if it's not fitting into your lifestyle, it's always going to feel like a burden and therefore cancer is always going to feel like a burden. Right, right. One of your phrases was uh, back when you're doing the show, you used to always say it's about making your body inhospitable to cancer. You're increasing yeah. the chances that you won't get cancer right. by how you eat. But you also would talk about some other things that you could do besides your diet. Can you go over some of those for people? What else can you do? in addition to eating well, that can contribute to making your body inhospitable to cancer, cancer and how important are those other things versus food? Yeah. You know, it's, um, don't, I don't want anybody to construe that. I'm not saying that food is not important. I'm a certified holistic nutritionist. I truly believe in the power of food to heal. However, it's just a small piece of the puzzle to ultimate health. And to, you know, I'm healthier at 50 years old than I ever was when I was in my 30s, before I was diagnosed with cancer, in my 40s even. I mean, even maybe even in my 20s. And so it's it's a it's amazing what we can create. But that didn't just happen with food. I had to change my relationship with food, which meant that I needed to do some work in my noodle to my brain. Uh, sorry, I say that a lot. And people are like, what, what, in what, what noodles are you talking about? Uh, your brain. Um, but I are those gluten-free noodles? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> they're whole wheat. <laughs> but, um, but I needed to do some work in my brain and in my heart to figure out what healing meant to me and to unlock those healing pathways. My cancer was so aggressive that my doctors were telling me it's going to be back in a year. It's going to be all over your body and there's not going to be anything we can do to help you at that point. And I was like, right. okay, well, that's not really what I wanted to hear. And so I went on a journey to right that wrong, not to go backwards and look at like, what are all the crappy stuff that you've been doing? Cause that stuff is already done and behind me, but right. to look, forward in how I can create health in my in my heart and in my mind, which contributed to wanting to be different in my physical body and what I consume. So the heart set, the mindset, those things are very important for alignment to health. You must be aligned to that journey or it's always going to feel like a burden. Right. Yeah. We're talking with Leslie Nance. She's the founder of AnyStageCancer.com, also an outstanding Live streamer, want to say a quick hello to some people on YouTube. Kathy Castro is here. Beauty Bubble, Podcast PD, Juan Santiago, Patricia A. Murray, good to see you. Dana Benz is here, uh, Sunsplash Media, and uh, uh, Tristan 
Great to see you all. I know uh, there are a lot of people here earlier, too, and, and are still here. Can't get to everybody. But if you do have a question for Leslie, because she is a, a, an expert in this area, feel free to throw it in the chat. We'll try and get to it. Um, also, big shout out to everybody over on Facebook. Gabrielle Leal, good to see you. Rachel is over there. Um, who else? Uh, so many people. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> See, you bring all these people out, and it's hard for me to do roll call. Brigetti is over there. Uh, Stefan Kaplan, Marissa Callie. Uh, thank you all for being a part of our 50th episode with uh, a wonderful guest here, Leslie Nance. Earlier, we talked with StreamYard CEO Gage Vandentop. If you missed that, wait till after the show, but then go back and, and check out the, the replay. So... Wait, wait, hold on. Okay. Huge shout out, everybody. Congratulate Ross Brand on his 50th show here on StreamYard Connect. Amazing. And I'm so honored. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even, like, I'm here on the 50th show. I feel like a superstar. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you for coming on. Um, we've had some fun shows in, in the past. And um, now you're not as visible with live streaming as you used to be. Talk about the change that you made what live streaming did for you in a sense to get you ready to take your business to a different forum or your live yeah. streaming even is in a, is is done differently now who you're trying to reach talk a little bit about that change that happened it's crazy because one of the hardest things i ever did in my career is shut down lunch with leslie Mm -hmm. And I, oh my gosh, it almost makes me cry now. Cause you know, that's like my thing. I can't help it. But, um, <laughs> it was, it was so, it was a really hard decision to say, to step away from that and say, this is great, but now's the time for me to spread my wings a little bit. And, oh geez, sorry, Ross. <laughs> um, so, but it, and it was, and I had to do the same thing. We, my husband and I had a radio show called Fork It Over Radio in a radio station in Colorado called you know, 1310 KFKA. And we had this amazing like radio show and to step away from all of that and refocus my energy on what my true calling and passion was, which is to help people through their cancer journey personally. So I'm a certified holistic cancer coach and stepping away from that limelight and that excitement, like every single day and sit down and like really go head to toe with cancer every single day with people in their lives was a, it was a, it was a really tough decision. Um, however, what I realized, hindsight being 2020, is that it really prepared me. I was giving myself an education as I was doing my cooking shows. I was learning more and more about nutrition because I was responsible for that content that I was putting out there. And, you know, and I was, I also was forming my opinions about how I feel about nutrition mm. that made me get more like deeper into my education and behind the scenes while I was doing lunch with Leslie, I was going to school almost full time. And so I was, I was, I was teaching myself to become this person, this, you know, this cancer coach, um, without even realizing that, that that was the path that I was on. So um, I do do a show on StreamYard every Tuesday night, um, mm. or not on StreamYard, but on my, on any stage, uh, cancer 
uh, Facebook page, I do, it's called the Cancer Coach Talks. And so I do that every Tuesday night just to connect and engage with people that are looking for solutions, that are looking for something different in their journey. Um, so I do still live stream, but stepping out of that role was crazy. I mean, we had my show, my cooking show had been courted by the Food Network, you know, right. I mean, they, we were, we had gotten pretty far down the road and then they said, you can't say cancer. You can't say nutrition. I was like, well, I'm out. So <laughs> anyway, that's a whole nother story, but it was, it was, it was a really popular thing. And to turn away from that was really difficult. The awesome thing is, is that all of my followers were like, we get it. Like you yeah. are, we love you and we want you to stay, but we totally get why you have to go. It was right. that powerful. And so um, for the past two and a half years, um, I have been just, I say just, right. I have been working pe with people through their cancer journey as a holistic cancer coach. And it's the most rewarding, most powerful work I have ever done personally, or just the impact is far reaching, you know, and it's even further reaching than having a popular cooking show. It's really amazing. So it was pivotal. I had to have that, all of that up front to become who I am today. So, right, yeah. Right. Leslie Nance, anystagecancer.com is the website and any stage cancer means anyone who's been diagnosed and then is at any stage from there on, or do you also work with people who don't have cancer, but know they're not living their best, healthiest <laughs> life? We do not have a prevention arm yet. <laughs> and I want to <laughs> say yet that is coming. I don't know when, uh, but we do have a, um, a project that we're working on. It's actually called project. Uh, well, we have project remission, which is post-cancer. And mm -hmm. then we will have, um, you know, creating, an inhospitable environment type program that will actually be prevention that will roll out at some point. Um, right now, we I'm only working with people who have been uh, who have either have active cancer, who have been recently diagnosed, or have had it within the last year. And any stage denotes any type of cancer, any stage of cancer, any stage of treatment. Um, yeah, so I'm not I don't work with just specific types of cancer. I, I work with anyone who is struggling through that process. So yeah. it's interesting that Food Network didn't want you to mention cancer or nutrition, I guess, because that would ding their other was, shows, right? That they said that, it was a downer. Uh, yeah. So, They're like, it's kind of a downer. I'm like, really? Not the way I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, your show is very <laughs> Very positive. I mean, it was, you know, we, people would join in just to learn the recipes and to learn yeah. tips for staying healthy. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a list of people who got cancer and, you know, no. the most depressing, you know, no. part of that journey. It, it was very uplifting in that, you know, you could take control of, of your health. Talk about having the radio show and how not a lot of people go on both sides of the you know, of the divide. You're on social media doing a live stream show and you're on, you know, a radio station where there's commercials and, you know, you, you've got all the, all the, all the things that are in a terrestrial traditional radio station. Yeah. What was the difference between hosting like lunch with Leslie and then doing a show that actually was on a, you know, broadcast 
through a, a radio stra- station. Although you did live stream it, it was we still did. primarily yeah. the format and all was very much a broadcasting radio kind of format. <laughs> I was so nervous about doing radio. And when they <laughs> approached us, you know, approached me and said, hey, I looked at my husband, Robin, and I said, you got to do this with me because I am not sitting in that studio by myself having to talk for an entire hour. He's like, you do it every day. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's different. <laughs> so that's totally different. And so um, so he did. And it it was magic. I mean, mm. we are, from our very first show, I, when we left that very first show, I was like, and I'm going to toot my own horn here because I believe that when we do something that we're proud of, we should talk about it. Right, we left right. that very first show and I was like, dang, we like killed that. I mean, right. I felt like, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you guys are really good. How long have you been doing this? We're like, that was our first show, you know? And so it was so <laughs> natural and I loved like the production side of it. And we still have things about, you know, our producer, Adrian would say um, before the show, you know, as we're rolling in, he would say one minute, you know, right. and so we still make fun of that. We're like 15 minutes, <laughs> so, right, right, right. you know, but I loved that like structure and that energy and we had callers and oh my gosh, it was, it was the best. We're looking for another spot right now. Um, and oh, wow. we moved from Colorado to Texas. And so we're looking for another way to either start a podcast or to roll into another station here. So um, we've just been trying to get our ducks in a row this first year that we're here. But um, but yeah, it was amazing. And it was very different. Uh, the content stream, I almost felt more responsible somehow because I'm like mm-hmm. on a radio station. Um, <laughs> but it was it was good. We interviewed a lot of big experts in the health field and it was it was golden and, and it, we still miss it actually. And that was really hard to say goodbye. Oh my gosh. If you watch that on, (laughs) on YouTube or on anywhere, I literally cried the entire last show. I could barely get a word out. It was ridiculous. That's how much I was like, I don't want to leave. So anyway, yeah, but it was, it was, it was good. And it, and it was good for me. It was good Mm -hmm. for us, you know? So yeah, it was, it was a good thing. I think there's also something, no matter how big your live stream following gets and, you know, even, you know, what you're able to monetize in your business and through live streaming, there's something about getting past the gatekeepers, right? Which still (laughs) exists in radio and TV. When they invite you in and say, we want you to do this on radio as part of our company or part of our broadcasting conglomerate or whatever they are right it's even if it's a family-owned station it's still somebody's deciding like with live streaming you're deciding when you're doing your own show on your own periscope and your own twitter you're deciding do i want to do this do i not want to do this ultimately somebody else when somebody else is deciding there's there's a pride that comes with that right Oh, for sure. I mean, I was like, yeah, I was strutting around like, yeah, I'm on the radio. I mean, (laughs) it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a small station. It was the oldest station in Colorado. Um, I think actually oldest station in North America, um, uh, radio station. Yeah. And it had a lot of history. And so that felt like a big honor. Um, but it was just, I don't know. There was just something about being in a studio and being my I had to get up at like six o'clock in the morning on Saturday mornings <laughs> to be at our show on time. And so, but even that, I didn't even, I didn't even mind. I was like, it's cool. I'm, I just, I love this so much. So, but yeah, I mean, having somebody ask you like going from, you know, from just being a live streamer, just being a live streamer to, you know, to having somebody 
invite you into something like that. Yeah, it felt very special and the timing was perfect. And um, yeah, we had a good two year run with it. We it was it was super fun and I would do it again in a heartbeat if got invited again to do it. <laughs> it, was, it was, now it was I can tell you've gotten and it was obvious back in the lunch with Leslie days, you got you've gotten very comfortable in front of the camera or at least that faking being comfortable in front of the camera. <laughs> So what was it like then going back when you were doing radio to really not having the camera as a big part of what you were doing? Yes, you you sort of live streamed in the corner, but you just kind of put a phone up and your primary content right. delivery was to an audio first audience. How was that different from, you know, after having getting used to setting up your camera and having all your food right. in front of you and, yeah. you know, dressing up for the camera and all those, those different things. Yeah. You know, it was, um, I, it was good. I, I, um, we actually did, we ended up doing like a photo shoot in the booth, um, wow. because it was just, and we needed some headshots for marketing, but <clears throat> because it was just such a cool thing. Like it was just a, it was just a, I'm not, I'm just going to be that girl. It was just like this super cool thing to be like there in the studio doing something, you know, professionally. Um, and it was crazy because, you know, the headsets, the, you know, the microphone in your face, cause the, you know, my <laughs> microphone's way down here, but in radio, right. it's like literally planted in your face and the microphone in my face. <laughs> headphones on and hearing myself talk. I'm like, do I sound like that? And, you know, and, and the producer and Robin sitting beside me and the same thing and the intros and leaving, and we're going to break for commercial, you know, having right. all of that, it was, it, it felt very natural, but it only, I think it only felt natural because I was so used to being on camera, almost like a performance, but not really. It's still just being myself, but, you know, being that, having that responsibility. Um, but the content was really rich in that show because there wasn't the visual. The mm. content was really rich and it was, um, we got so many, like, it's, it was just, it was really driving. Like if people think rate, like talk radio is dead, it's, that's bogus because mm. we had so much interaction and so many people connecting with us and saying, you guys are, we got invited to do like MC gigs and right. show up at the farmer's market and Hey, will you guys come and see this? And it was, you know, we were like little, like micro celebrities in our city, but, um, but it was, it was really, it was pretty amazing. Um, just to have that, that energy, it was a shift in energy, but especially cause I, Robin was in the show with me, but it was really, it was good. And live streaming prepared me for that. Right. Right. Yeah. I could have never guessed, you know, I started at five years <laughs> about 2015, uh, was really when things started taking off with live streaming for me. Right. And, um, I could have never guessed six years ago that I would ever be doing anything that I'm doing right now from everything that we've already talked about to what's coming in the future. I could have never guessed that that was going to be my life. So yeah, it's, and it's fantastic. <laughs> no, well, yeah, that's, that's so great. Um, and I remember when you were doing the show, one of the most fun things for me was watching your banter with Robin during the <laughs> breaks and stuff. It, it totally brought me back to what life was like working in radio. And there were a few days that I was like, Boy, maybe I should think about this. Well, yeah, because you consulted with us. I mean, we we went straight to you. I was like, we got to go to the source before. I we was like, do it. Radio show. There's no brainer. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking to me? Like, you sign the contract. Go sign the contract for God's sakes. So. 
<laughs> but yeah, I started yeah. getting like, wow, maybe I should consider doing this again, you know. <laughs> but I, I love, I mean, I love live streaming. I love doing my own thing. Yeah, but it, it, there was just something about the way you guys took to that experience <laughs> that was so much fun for me watching. Well, my um, husband is a piece of work, so you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth. And that was the <laughs> best part. I didn't even know. So that was the best part of the whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you guys are a great team on air in addition to <laughs> off air. Um, I wanted to ask you about since COVID, was your business mostly virtual or all virtual before COVID or have you had to make a, a big shift since uh, the pandemic? No, it's always been virtual. I've always, uh, everything that I do, I work with people all over the world. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's always been, a, a, actually it's, it's pretty old school. Actually I use uh, zoom for audio calls. Um, and I use my phone for like in the States, <laughs> I just right, right. Pop on it. I, I found out very quickly that people with cancer typically did not want to be on camera, which was great for me. It fit my narrative as well. It means that it meant that I didn't have to like get ready every day. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, so that fit my, uh, that, that was okay with me too. So, but I learned that very quickly, um, that, that a lot of my clients didn't want to. So we just do, it's all audio and, um, and then they have a bunch of in between stuff for me. And I will say too, that, you know, one of the, we talk about contributing, you know, how does this contribute to your, what I'm doing now? Um, I have built a eight week program that has over 50 videos in it that are me. And had I not done that, the live streaming, I would have, I would have known how to do that. Does that make sense? Like I wouldn't have known how to create those videos with passion and with substance. And so that was a, that, that was a live streaming really led me down that road and gave me that confidence to be able to create that very distinct content for my clients in the, in, you know, in this eight week program so that they're getting a consistent uh, message about healing and m seeing my passion and hearing my passion about how possible it is for them to heal their lives. So, yeah. So thank you live streaming for that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on uh, yeah, the 50th. It's been great chatting yeah. with you. How can people get in touch with you if they either want to work with you or just learn more about it or catch one of your live streams, perhaps? Um, yeah. Where can people connect with you? So the AnnieStageCancer.com is a great place. Um, if you are, if you have cancer, I'll just throw it out there and you're like, hey, well, how do I get more of this lady? Um, there's a free webinar on there about five steps to becoming the boss of your cancer. I highly recommend you connect with that. It's completely free. It's amazing, changing, life-changing in some cases. Um, and then, um, you know, that's just, that's just really the best place and click on the, like the social links. Cause my, I have social links in there that will connect mm -hmm. you to like the cancer coach talks and emails and things like that. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. Great having you on. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Ross, from the bottom of my heart. It's nice to meet all of you and, and, uh, and your new, uh, audience here. And it's just great to be back on the screen with you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank right. you so much. Leslie Nancy is fantastic. Again, anystagecancer.com. What an honor to have her on the 50th show. And of course, if you are using StreamYard, then we love that. But if you're not yet using StreamYard, you can use it by going to livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard, livestreamuniverse.com 
dot com slash StreamYard. I did mention we were going to get to some news stories and things going on, and so I'm just going to run through my slides real quick here. A um, couple of interesting stories I wanted to talk about because they're reflective. You know, they, they kind of reflect what's going on right now in live streaming. Um, and one of them is the, the fitness marketplace has really taken off since COVID, uh, a lot of people doing their personal training through live video, and there's going to be uh, a new app called Moxie, or maybe it was just just launched. I think it's pretty well funded. Uh, there was an article in TechCrunch, and basically it's going to be a fitness live streaming marketplace where trainers and uh, people who want to be trained can connect and the trainers can keep 85% of the profit that comes through it. So it's, uh, shows where live streaming is going and the fitness industry is a place where it's really blown up during, uh, the last six to eight months. Also, there's a key metric that you don't hear a lot about. You always hear about how Twitch has 91% of the streaming market and how Twitch has the most shows and the most live streams and all that. However, what's interesting is that Facebook and YouTube are beating Twitch and beating them badly when it comes to hours watched versus hours streamed. So for every live stream that takes place on YouTube or Facebook, a lot more people are watching that than are watching live streams on Twitch. So that's a, a positive number for people who are live streaming on Facebook or YouTube. If you're thinking, well, if I go to Twitch, there's so many people there, maybe I'll get a bigger audience. In fact, and this isn't to discourage anyone from going to Twitch, which is a cool and awesome platform, but realize there's opportunities on Facebook and YouTube and those audiences do watch and you're seeing the watch times grow and you're seeing that the videos, when you create an hour of content on Facebook or YouTube, you're likely to have a lot more viewing time than you are on Twitch, at least unless until or unless you build a big audience there. And from the world of sports, that article was from Forbes, by the way, from the world of sports, sports video group talks about how people now, they can't go to a lot of sporting events, right? Games are being played in front of empty stadiums and people are falling in love with the viewing experience of live streaming. And in particular, the things you don't get when you go to a game or maybe if you just watch the TV broadcast, people are falling in love with the extras, the behind the scenes, the one-on-ones with players, live streaming from inside the locker room, uh, special access, special productions, extra viewing angles, perhaps uh, having more than one screen or more than one device going at the same time. It'll be interesting to see when stadiums open up again, will fans flock back or will they discover that the experience of being in front of their phone or their computer or their phone computer and smart TV all at once, depending on what they're watching and what they're doing, may be an experience that they decide is better than the experience that you get at the stadium. And this is particularly relevant for sports that have pay-per-views like boxing and MMA and sports like that, because the better the experience, the more they can provide you 
when you do the pay-per-view in terms of access, in terms of extra analysis, in terms of extra interviews with the fighters and so forth, the, the more that people see that as an experience worth paying for. So uh, that's what's in the industry news for this week. I have a party coming up on Friday. You may want to check it out. Uh, it's the fifth anniversary party and show for Livestream Universe. We've been doing Livestream Universe shows for five years. We've done over 700 broadcasts, more than 500 interviews, and we have a whole bunch of awesome brands coming together to give away $13,000 worth of prizes. StreamYard is one of those brands. There's there's 11 of them. Uh, you can check out this graphic here to see who else is on there. You can also learn more about it by going to LivestreamUniverse.com slash events. LivestreamUniverse.com slash events or just head on over to the Livestream Universe YouTube channel. You can see the scheduled broadcast. Save yourself uh, a reminder, set a reminder there and join us. It's going to be five. It's going to be four hours, 1 p.m. Eastern on Friday to 5 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have more than 80 guests. All our guests are going to give a prediction around live streaming or another related topic for 2021. And of course, we'll be doing giveaways and just having a great time. So would love everybody who uh, is a fan of this show and, and been a fan of some of the other stuff that I've been doing or just you know, we've connected over the years. Come stop by, win some prizes, and hang out and have a, a great time and see. Uh, you probably know a lot of the people who are going to be guests on the show. And if not, they're they're great people and people you, you might enjoy connecting with as well. So thank you to everybody for being here for the 50th episode. Let me tell you what's coming up here on StreamYard before we get out. And I want to say a quick thanks to Jesse Guthrie, by the way. He does these backgrounds, these cool backgrounds that you see. Uh, StreamSenseMedia.com is Jesse's website, StreamSenseMedia.com. And of course, you can get started with Livestream Universe and StreamYard by going to LivestreamUniverse.com StreamYard. That'll give you a free trial of StreamYard. And there's Leslie. And before we wrap up, as we always do, we'll tell you about the other shows. Every Tuesday and Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, we have Dana Bentz hosting Two Cents with Bentz on Tuesday night and StreamYard Spotlight with her sister on Thursday night. There's the StreamYard Town Hall Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern on Facebook and YouTube and across social media. And then come back next week, 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. We're going to talk about how to monetize live events and virtual events and in-person events with Tim Gillette, who's been putting on at least one event a month uh, over the last year or so and he's put on several different live events he's going to talk about how he puts those together and monetizes them it's going to be an interesting show do come back next week for episode 51 uh, i want to thank some people thank you to everybody over on uh facebook tim gillette was here earlier christina gabriel leo thanks for all the congratulations julie riley uh April, Jim Fuse, Brad Friedman, Raleigh. Uh, thank you all. I know I didn't get to everybody and everybody over on YouTube. We really appreciate you. 
Have a great night. We will talk to you again next week on another episode of StreamYard Connect. Take care, everybody.